afternoon and welcome to another episode of Not Minding My Own Business. I am your host, state planning and elder law attorney, Russell Farbiars, and I have with me Joan Campbell Kelly uh, from Dumpster, to- Dumpster Dudes. Oof. It's a I mouthful, a, right? <laughs> it, it is a mouthful. Um, but well, welcome to the show, Joan. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it so much, Russ. Wonderful. So, so Joan, why don't you tell our, our listeners a little bit about Dumpster Dudes and what you guys do in the community? Well, we service non-hazardous commercial and residential customers. We have 10, 15, 20, and 25-yard containers that take away non-hazardous waste. It could be a homeowner cleaning out a garage, doing a new bathroom, doing a new kitchen. It could be the contractor working at that residence, or it could be straight commercial work, such as brokers. Okay. So do you, do you just provide the container or do you also come into, into a home and sort of empty out things that need to be emptied out? We supply the container. However, when customers ask, we do have really good references for clean out crews. Um, they're becoming more prevalent, uh, especially with the real estate market shifting a little bit. People are realizing that maybe this spring, they're not going to be moving as fast in terms of acquisitions. So they're more more likely to do a clean out, to do a new kitchen, to do a new bathroom and, and increase the value on the residents that they own. Very nice, very nice. And how long has Dumpster Dudes been, been around? Dustin started the company in 2015. Um, he initially ran it uh, as an additional job, you know, running uh, a private business on his own. And slowly, he, when he realized how much better he was doing on his own, he migrated to doing just that. And so Dumpster Dudes was born. He started with one truck and 10 containers. Uh, we now run three drivers. I have 150 containers here in Berks County. Uh, but we also have other locations in Allentown, Mainline, Lancaster, Lebanon, and Allentown. And that's here in Pennsylvania. Outside of Pennsylvania, we also operate in Tennessee, Arkansas, uh, Utah, and Ohio. Wow. Yeah. How did you, how did how did you get to some of those, you know, western states? It's funny you should ask. We <laughs> had um initially thought when franchising came about uh several years ago and it was an option for Dustin to grow the business that way. Uh several things came to mind. One is how do you protect the business model? We want to be the same here in Berks County as we are everywhere else. Um, and it's although it's an easy model to follow, you want the drivers to look 
very professional, behave very professionally. These people are trusting you, you know, at their homes. Um, fortunately, when the idea of franchising came up, they were just going to be doing the geographically close states, Ohio, New Jersey, Connecticut, et cetera. Um, however, the phone calls for franchising and the interest in franchising came from far away. So they decided, you know what, let's just open it up to all 50 states. And that's when things blew up pretty quickly. Um, we also expect, we have nine locations now, but um, presently we've got another four coming on board very quickly. We're going into other states as we speak, Southern states. Wow, that, that, that is, in, uh, is interesting because it just, there's, it's a diverse, Geographically, you know, you go from the Northeast to, you said, Utah and Texas, and mm -hmm. those are much different markets. Does the model work work well in, in those markets as, as it does at Berks? It really does. Um, and then don't forget, you've got states like Florida. We have two locations that are um, going to be opening up in Florida. And one of the things that's so interesting is that's a state where not only you have a lot of people migrating to that state over the last three years, um, you have a boom in uh, people who could, you know, they took the house they could afford. So they're they're going to be ripping out walls pretty quickly. Not to mention the fact that you've got a 12-month business cycle. They don't have to worry about snow, um, you know, in December. Well, and they don't have to worry about, you know, bad weather. They can operate a very busy, effective business 12 months a year. And they know that. So it's a, it's a great location. Yeah, I spoke to a colleague of mine who's in Florida on Friday. And she, she said to me, oh, it's a little cold. It's 65 degrees. <laughs> yeah, I have family down there. We get the same thing. And I just want to say, yeah. Huh. But you know what? We've been blessed. The weather's been perfect. We have a lot of projects that were normally would be put off this time of year yeah. um, that are going, including roofers. We do a lot of commercial work with roofers in the area. Um, and normally they, they, there's a drawdown because they expect ice and snow on gutters. We haven't had that other than I guess last week we had just a few inches and it was gone in the afternoon. Yeah, it just came down all all at once. But you know, we not complaining about the forty degree weather in January. Almost I'm not either. Work. I agree. <laughs> For us, it's great. It it really is. Yeah. So, what are some of the your the your company's successes and and what and maybe their biggest failures that have I guess turned into lessons learned at this point? Well. We'll start with successes, obviously being in as many locations as we are and working with the families that we've been working with, because a lot of these people that are coming in as franchisees, um, some of them has, have a business acumen. Some of them were drivers themselves. Mm -hmm. um, these are families that are successfully launching their business where the husband may say, all right, honey, we're going to, we're going to buy a dumpster dues franchise that family is now owning and operating that business out of their homes, basically. So as far as a success, it's a beautiful thing when you can, quote unquote, punch the clock at home. And it is, it's completely portable. One of the most successful things about having the franchise is, is if you've got a laptop or an iPad, your office is going with you wherever you are, which has been a blessing for all of us. Um, it means when I'm on the road during the day, if I'm visiting customers and such, I don't have to wait until the end of the afternoon to load everything up for the following day. I can be doing it as, as the day goes through. Um, I can be making changes. Our drivers all have a mobile app so that 
when I make a change to a specific route for them, if something has to be changed in terms of time, that driver's logging into his app right on his phone and he gets the update right away. Um, so that's that's definitely been a success. We love our software too. It's, it's fantastic. Um, failures, I gotta say, not wood. Uh, you know, we've really been blessed. We don't have failures. Um, and if we do, they're like bumps in the road kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. if, you know, I see it as a failure, just even using the other day's weather as an example. Um, when it's a wash and you have three accidents on Route 12, 222 was shut down at one point, 183. For us, that's a fail. That means that the rest of the day is kind of a washout. Um, but if that's my biggest failure, we're in pretty good shape and we're blessed. We're grateful. Right. You can't control the weather, at least not yet. And <laughs> so yeah, that's for sure. You can't blame yourself uh, for the weather. But I, I, I'll tell you, I was I was out and, you know, when the snow was coming down and I took me about 10 minutes and I said, you know what, forget it. It's not important enough to be out here. You're right. I went back. I went back home. It's not, more, and, more people should think like that for sure. Yeah. And it, it just, and I, it, it was just, it came down real quick and people weren't, weren't used to it because we haven't had snow, but so, so you, you mentioned your mobile app and your software. Do, do you have, do you have your own proprietary software that you've developed? We don't. We use a system called Docket, okay. um, just like just like a legal docket, actually. Um, but Docket uh, enables us to track only not only our vehicles and our employees and our contractors, but it provides estimates. It does our invoices. It does your um, your daily tallying. It does all your billing, so that. One of the nicest things about having the franchise is you're paid as you go. Each time you're dropping a container, that customer is paying for that drop. Um, we have several commercial customers that prefer to be billed monthly, and that's that's fine too. The system allows for those changes um, and structures things the way a specific business may need. Um, we love having it because um, it routes a driver in order. So you know not only the estimated time that something should take, but you're tracking the vehicles. I can see where a driver is at any given moment. If he's stuck at a transfer station, I know that that means that there's long lines. So if, if the next customer happens to call and say, hey, do you have an estimated time of when the driver is going to be there? I can answer them honestly, quickly, and, and efficiently. Okay. Well, that, that sound, sounds like it's, 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 a re- it's a real help. Now, if I'm a customer, what is the process of of, in, of working with you? Um, if you're a homeowner, let's go with that one first. If you're sure. a homeowner and you're doing a new kitchen, um, you'll call me. We go over the dimensions on the units, how much they cost, uh, what tonnage is available with each unit at no charge. Uh, we go over what overages look like. Um, we happen to charge per pound. We don't round a customer up to the next half ton or quarter ton, you only pay for, you know, what's in the unit. Um, the weekly rental period is discussed. If the customer says, Hey, I think I might need it an extra day or two. We review if rent applies on that unit. And then our driver's protocol is to always call out 15 minutes before they head over. Even if you're not going to be there, I want the customer to know that we're there. So the customer may be at off, may be at their offices, but we call them and say, Hey, I'm on my way to your location. 
each unit has wood placed down underneath the wheels to protect the customer's surfaces. And then when the customer's all done with it, they call you, you pick it up and off it goes. Um, if that service includes uh, estate work, which you and I have talked about before, um, we make sure that invoices reflect that. So it'll say the estate of, that way the customer can easily turn in paperwork to be remitted for any expenses that they had coming into an estate. Um, sometimes that means being more malleable because sometimes you have folks that are coming from out of state to clean out a house. You know, the parents may have passed, but the kids may live in Connecticut, New York, New Jersey, who knows? Um, so we work not only with the attorneys often, but we'll work with the family members as well. Uh, instructions are given in terms of placement. We need to make sure that, you know, the cars are out of the garage. I don't want to put a container in front of the garage and every pocket. So we take pretty detailed instructions on where things should go and why. And then uh, if things shift and things go away from that process, we often get calls then from um, guys who are going through and selling the items in the home. If they have an investor that's coming in to auction the property, mm -hmm. we may pull that first unit and the and the auctioneer may say, hey, I need another one. And then auctioneers now your customer, same site, different circumstances, but either way we can service, you know, the same location readily. Okay. Now you, you, you seem to, you seem to know a lot about, uh, about trash, about, and about um, containers. How did you get into this line of work? I was in finance for many years and made a oh. change and worked for a transfer station. Um, I was the office uh, administrator and then the office manager for many years at a transfer station. So in that, in that life, you're pulling waste in and pushing it out the door. You're making sure that you know where it is. That afforded me the ability to understand the best locations that provide service to companies like mine to get in and out quickly, priced effectively. Um, most people don't understand uh, how dangerous a certain um, sites can be. You know, if they're not, uh, a lot of the landfills, you're in with very big vehicles and your vehicles are gonna get dirty and your vehicles are going to be um, there for sometimes a longer period of time, depending on traffic. We are fortunate here that we have several locations within the county that we utilize that are quick, not only that, but efficient and safe. And that's better for us because it keeps wheels rolling, obviously. Um, and it means that we're not going to have to clean off those trucks, you know, every afternoon. Yeah. I guess you, you don't think about how dirty that they can get, you know, sitting. Well, landfills are scary places. They really are. If you're in a, if you're in a pit, if you're in a dump truck or you're in a tractor trailer, it's one thing, but for a lot of, you know, for families that show up, people who show up in their personal vehicles, landfill is not the place for that personal vehicle. You want to go to, you want to rely on the transfer stations for that. You know, they're much safer, much easier to get in and out, and they're much more accommodating to a smaller, um, smaller vehicle. Well, tell me, what is the difference between a transfer station and, and the landfill itself? Transfer station, the key word is transfer. You have waste, <laughs> excuse me, you have waste coming into that transfer station that will eventually be loaded on tractor trailers and they go to the landfills. Okay. When you're going directly to the landfill, you're in that environment where 
you're around big vehicles, you're around an environment where everything is going into, you know, a, a massive pile that is then covered, you know, with a cover every single day. Um, but there's a lot of motion. And especially if you're not in the industry, that can be a daunting place. You know what I mean? Uh, for people who are professionals, they do it every day. It's, they're used to it. But it's our preference to utilize uh, the transfer stations locally because um, you're in and out quickly. And like I said, they're safe, they're clean, and they're extremely reliable. And the, the main landfill in this area is, is in New Morgan. Am I correct about that? We've got a lot of landfills here, but a lot of the waste from Berks County actually routes to Lancaster, to Lancaster That's County it. Solid Waste. Um, a lot of it goes to Western Berks as well. There's also a location up in Higgins where a lot of waste goes to. People would be um, absolutely astounded by the fact that COVID meant so much more waste. What used to be, you know, um, everybody going to work in the morning. Now someone has a home office, so mm -hmm. they're not eating out, you know, those three times a day like they used to. Um, during COVID, especially at kids, mom, dad, everybody home eating three squares a day at home. So the amount of waste being created in the household that was going to the end of the driveway, that changed. So a lot of waste carriers wound up picking up more trash than they used to. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of things are now shipped to our homes. You know, you start using Amazon and Chewy and all these other things that you rely on on a weekly basis, and that creates more waste as well. Yeah, I, I can certainly, sometimes I think that my, that my wife works for, you know, some of these, uh, these companies because, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> you know, UPS and FedEx, they, they you know, they, 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 they probably stop at our house on almost a, on almost a daily basis. Uh, if the know, shipping is free and yeah. I mean, let's face it, and they, they bait us with that free shipping, yes. um, the, why spend our gas money going out to pick up things that we need for the regular, for a household. Um, and I'm sure, you know, during COVID with my kids, especially I had one at, um, who lived up by Bloomsburg and another one in Philadelphia, when we couldn't see each other for those first, you know, several weeks and even months, um, we utilized it. We utilized all shipping to their front doors to make sure they got what they needed. Um, a lot of families, you know, um, hang on to a lot of those containers too. So we do see a lot of garage and storage facility cleanouts because, you know, there are collectors. You have folks that yeah. like to have a lot of something or another, and we deal with a lot of those as well. Sometimes they are um, just collectors. Sometimes we have clean hoarding or maybe not so clean hoarding. All of mm. those customers are served the same way. You know, they, for various reasons, you may just need additional containers at a, at a specific site, but we deal with all of that as well. Yeah. A lot of, you know, and you probably also deal with a lot of people who think they're collectors, but what they're collecting is not necessarily mm -hmm. of the same value that they would, they would think. What is the most interesting thing that you've, that you've ever collected? I think it's not the thing, it's how many of the things is that comes to mind. Okay. Like you said, you know, you'll see somebody who was a, you know, maybe they're an Amazon or an eBay uh, frequent flyer 
and you see quite a few dolls, we'll say, or quite a few plates or whatever. It, it astounds me. Um, the frequent flyers that we're talking about, mm-hmm. some of them have 10 million of the same item. And you're like, wow, that was, that was costly. And, you know, then now they're paying to dispose of it. So you, you do see that. Um, since, since our guys aren't allowed to go through anything and they wouldn't want to, um, you don't really see only, it. Yeah. We're not really seeing this stuff on a, on a, on a, you know, one-to-one basis. Um, we have had people call to say, Hey, by, I threw this away by mistake. Oh. Um, can you not pick up my dumpster? In fact, it happened just last week. We had a customer call. They were doing an estate clean out and they had a lot of hands on deck to assist. And they called to say, please don't pick up the dumpster tomorrow. We have to start going through it because they had thrown away a family Bible and a dictionary that meant the world to them. And fortunately, uh, they were a pretty organized crew and they were able to unload half the container. Thankfully, it wasn't all the way in the back. They were able to get their hands on what they needed and then reload. Um, fortunately, that only happens once in a while. Sometimes it's too late. That, you know, they remember it days later and and that item may be long gone. But in this family's case, we were very relieved that they they found exactly what they needed. Well, good, good. Well, Joan. What, what do you like to do uh, in your free time when you're not working? I have two sons and two step kids, and I adore them. I'd like to be able to travel more now that the weather stayed as nice as it is. Um, we spend time with our kids frequently. We like, we like being able to uh, go to Philly to visit our one son. And then our other son just moved to Valakinwood. So we're spending a lot more time there as well. Um, but really now that the weather's doing what it's doing, if we can get outside, get fresh air and keep rolling, I'm so happy to do that. That's just, that's my big thing. And we have a, uh, puppy coming in our future. So I'm hopeful that that will keep us very busy too. We haven't had a family dog in a long time. So, but we think it's time now that the last kid's out the door, we've got to have another, another baby in the house. (laughs) What kind of dog? I think. I think we're going for a black lab. I, that's what oh. I, that's where I think we're going to wind up. Um, I've had in the past, I've also had beagles and I'm hopeful that that's what we wind up with. We'll have to see. We're just, I'll, I'll be happy with anything to be honest, you know, but, but that's about it. Dog, I'm, I'm a big dog lover. So, you know, any, anytime anyone wants to talk about a dog, I'm willing to do it all day long. Do you have dogs, <laughs> do you have dogs now? I have one. We have a, we have a miniature schnauzer. He's about 13 years old, so he's 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 slowing down, but you know we we keep him comfortable. If he's you know. eating well and he's exercising, they last a lot longer than you know the books mm-hmm. tell you they do. You just have to you know treat them just like a family member. You know, oh we oh we do, we do. He has he has uh, health care and everything. You know. That's all. That's awesome. I like I mean, hearing that. I mean, private, private paid healthcare. But, <laughs> <laughs> but hey, you got to do it, right? I, they're part yeah, of the family. They are. He's he's diabetic, and so uh, so I, I get usually it's me, uh, but I give him his shot twice twice a, a day, and he he's at the point where he's so used to it that he doesn't even react to it anymore. Like there's that's awesome and he knows you're being gentle i mean that's mm-hmm. half the battle dustin our president has uh three dogs 
I believe they're, I forget the name of the English Bulldogs. They're beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Um, and I don't know how he does it because it's like having a bunch of kids when you go home, you know, he's got a full day <laughs> at the office <laughs> and then he's got another full day running around with them, but they're absolutely beautiful. He's great with them. Uh, one of them is a special needs dog and he's just, he's wonderful with them. He really is. It, it, I don't know. I love seeing the soft side of everybody and what we do, you know, <laughs> one of our, one of our uh, franchisees who also um, is a part owner to the franchise part of the business they just had their third child this week um jesse was born last week this this just this past week and it's wonderful because you know like you we can manage our business time and our family time beautifully right. it's like such a nice balance um and that doesn't mean our customers um you know if they don't need us uh if they need us rather on the weekend they can still get me you can call me on a saturday or a sunday you can call me in the evenings because oftentimes You've got customers where, you know, they might come off of a job site and realize at four o'clock or five o'clock in the afternoon that they need you tomorrow morning by seven o'clock. I want them to know they can feel we're, we're families too. call me. doesn't matter if we're in the middle of dinner and I can't grab the phone at that moment. I'm going to call you back 15 minutes later and we'll get you taken care of. So it, it enables a really nice family balance. And that's for not just for us, but for anybody coming into dumpster right. duty. It's important right. that they know it's not only portable, but it's um, it's very it, you can acclimate it to whatever your schedule is. Yeah, that makes that makes perfect sense. Now, Joan, what is something about your industry that the average person wouldn't be aware of? Placement uh, of containers. People will say, uh, you know, can you put it on my front lawn, three feet from my front door? And number one, you may have gas lines, you may have plumbing lines, you may have French, you may have a French drain, you may have sewer pipes, all of those things matter. It's not enough for a customer to just say, I don't care if you, you know, leave ruts in my front yard. It's important that I have the township's permission to even cross a sidewalk or that I'm monitoring what's underneath. You don't know somebody's septic system could be underneath. Um, so for us, we really need to dial it, you know, roll it back, explain to someone, you know, you may not be under, you may not understand what the vulnerabilities of your front yard are and my ability to get there, you know, in terms of placing equipment. And we really are, we try to be as helpful as we can. We always, if we can do something for a customer, we'll do it. If it means it's in a safe spot where we're not going to get stuck and things aren't going to be, um, what's the word untenable but the reality is that we have to say no sometimes and that's a challenge so, you know we we don't want to we don't want to not be able to service people effectively but on the other hand sometimes saying no is the right thing and and that's that's what people don't know is they can't always direct where something is otherwise we're we're generally amenable to wherever the township or the municipality allows for placement yeah, I know what you mean. A lot of times, I I, I have to say to clients, you, you need you need me to tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Mm -hmm. and, it's, and it's tough, though. Yeah. Sometimes you know you have you need to be able to deliver that message in a way that they understand. You're not just protecting the company. It's not about us. I need to protect your property, and right. you know, I, I they people think of because they own the, the land 
that they can park something wherever they want. They need to understand I can't be responsible for damage to something so important like your septic, your gas, you know, whatever, your water lines. Um, and we don't know sometimes where that is. Sometimes that's not exactly um, you hope for markings, you know, on sidewalks and stuff, but we don't know. We can't trust that those markings are going to be there. So sometimes we have to say no. Um, it's pretty rare, um, but you do need to dial it back and just explain to them why you're trying to protect their property. And they're 99 times out of 100, they're amenable to it. They, they get it. Once you walk it, walk them through why it is that you can't put that thing at the front door, they understand. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Joan, for, for being here on, on Not Minding My Own Business. If any of our listeners are looking to get in touch with you or with Dumpster Dudes, what's the best way to do that? They can either call me. Um, should I say my phone number? I don't know if we're allowed. I'm at 610-207-6963. They can email me, joan at dumpsterdudes.com. That's dudes with a Z.com. Or they can head to the website, which is dumpsterdudes.com. All right. Well, thank you so much, Joan. It's been a, a real pleasure having you here on Not Minding My Own Business. Thank you too, Russ. Enjoy the rest of the week. I appreciate your time.